Good morning, glory, hallelujah to you. What the hell's your story and what's going through you? We're living like kings off the fat of the land and we're working like dogs in bass fishing talk show land. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and we are here today for the kickoff, the inaugural Straycast broadcast from the 2018 Forestwood Cup right from the uh, Convention Expo Center. I'm beating you up, man. I'm beating you up. That, oh, I'm not turned on here. Oh, there's, there we go. There, there's Mark. There, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on Straycast, <laughs> my godfather of bass fishing talk shows. How you doing? My buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mark Jeffries right here. Yes. How you doing? It's Mark Jeffries. Can you believe this? What a great day. It, it is. great day, And then, Patrick. of course, over here to my right, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. Howdy. Joining us, as always. Yes, he plays drums. Ryan plays drums. And, and producing the snot out of this wing ding over here, it's the uh, ginger ninja, Andrew Ellenberger. Yes. Little Three Stooges. There. Hello. Hello, Mark Jeffries. <laughs> what a great day. What a great day. We're here at the Forest Wood Cup, dude. Hey. And I couldn't think of a better way, a more glorious way to kick it off than to have Mark Jeffries join us for the first time. Well, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. What a great venue. Uh, we talked last night. We talked this morning. Dude, if you could take this venue and package it up and travel around the country. It's a traveling venue. It would be. For it the most prestigious tournaments in the world. The perfect venue. It is. Hotels attached, arena right in the middle, expo right there. You can't ask for any more from a venue standpoint. It's absolutely perfect. And you know what else, Patrick? Yeah. $10 to park. That's that's <laughs> phenomenal. That's phenomenal. I heard they charged you 20 though, Mark. No, $10. The $10. Right. And okay. you did you ever hear my rant about what went down in New Orleans? Oh yeah. At the yeah. Classic? Yeah. Dude, $60? That's crazy. $60 to park your vehicle? But they had you. They had you. Yeah. They they knew it. (laughs) Come on, man. $60? That's that's a lot of money, dude. I'd take the parking tickets. Well, that, <laughs> that was like the parking tips in New Orleans were, I don't know, they yeah. were 520 That's 120 Yeah. <laughs> That's 120 right there, Mr. Uh, Popcorn Whitaker. <laughs> 120 We're not the best mathers. All right. Hey, man. Day but, one, man. Day one, we're here. The, um, the guys, they're, they're, they're struggling a little bit, man. I could tell. I mean, what, what did we see, Mark? Seven pounds? Five pounds? I Six think pounds? Five, I saw five pounds. Five pounds? Well, I know Brian Thrift has five pounds. But he's sandbagging. He's got three secret docks. <laughs> he has three secret docks that he's going to. He's just saving them for Why? after lunch. He's saving Why? them. For, he's saving them for after lunch. Why? It's in his contract. <laughs> it's in his contract, Mark. I he, don't understand yeah, that. He, he, he has to. He's saving them because that's how they they want to build up the the you the know, drama, the, the drama, and the element of surprise. You know the. Dun, 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 you don't want to get cocky in the that, morning. That you know? whole deal. Drama is a good thing, but on day one of the cup. Dude, you better go out and catch as many as you can. No, you're exactly right. And, and all kidding aside, they're, they're struggling out there. Um, but, Mark, I think it's like every derby that we mm-hmm. always see, these guys are great. Somebody is going to catch. Yeah, how about that dude right there? That's amazing. That's amazing jump shoot. Is that not yeah. just epic? It, it, it's absolutely what's phenomenal. It, what's on the back? What do you have on the back? He's got nothing on the back. Nothing yeah. on the back. Well, take it's your, for sale. Take your backpack <laughs> off and get in front of that. Get in front of that camera real quick, just so the world can see and introduce yourself to the internet world. Look at him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. He, that's why he produces, and I just talk. Okay, can we see him? Talk what? 
Get, get on the mic switch the camera. And, and introduce yourself to the internet world. <laughs> let, we know who you are, but let them know who you are and how awesome your you jumpsuit think, is. Hey, Patrick. I'm Sean Boyle from North Texas, and I drove up this morning to see the guys fish today and tomorrow and enjoy the expo. Yeah, that's Sean. But wait, you told me you came here to see Stray Cass. I did. Yeah. I was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice save. You, you, yeah, yeah, you're like. Wait, there's a show called Bass Talk Live? Yeah, it's been around for oh, a few yeah, days. Just a few days. <laughs> <laughs> we just started it. Hey, I want to know, does he fish in that? Do you do fish you, in that, Sean? I do not. He no. does not. You need to. That's just the expo suit. You, yeah, you you need to fish in that, Sean. I made it for the classic last year, and just to see, and I got such a positive reaction, more than my wildest dreams could ever imagine. All right. Can I make one suggestion? Imagine if you wore it on the water. Yeah, one suggestion: more patches. More patches. More like everything patches from the from your ankles up to <laughs> up to your shoulders, right, Mark? Yeah. More patches. You you can more never patches. you can never have enough patches. First yeah, and, one to add, and, Mr. And make Twister. sure you have contradicting sponsors on there. Like, you want Zoom <laughs> and Mans on there. And right next to each other. Hey, you know, did, like, put Zoom. Did, did you ever see the Zona show I where sure he came did. out with the jersey and it, what, it have 130,000? And it had a unicorn on, on the front, which yeah. was My Pretty Pony, I believe yeah. it was. Ooh, which which was phenomenal. Wow. You know how much Mark got for that jersey? He auctioned it off. Did he really? He did. He, uh, he, he auctioned that jersey off and got a... Um, uh, uh, just under ridiculous amount of money uh, for it. What'd the guy do with it? Uh, who knows? Maybe it's framed in, it. It's in his man Signed cave. It. Yeah, I think Terry Brown is actually the one that bought it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Terry has it in his yeah, office. Terry has it in a shrine, loud it, and proud. It, it's like Buddha, but it's really Mark's jersey <laughs> that he has in there. All right, man. I want to. I want to get into a conversation here with you. Please do, because Mark. we got into a major. Not when I say we, Matt. My partner, Matt Pangrant, got into a major argument, and I want to get your take on it. Please ask. That's All right, we're here at the Cup. A normal FLW Tour event is how many days? Uh, that's four. Four. Okay. Yeah. The Cup is how many days? It's uh, trace, or three. three, as they would say in Espanol. Okay. Now, typically, what is the field size in a regular season FLW 672 event? anglers One per minute. FLW event. I think 187. Is it, okay. <laughs> How large is our field here in Hot Springs this week? It's uh, the sa- it's like a Heinz 57 sauce, something like that. All right. Okay. So what is easier to win, a regular season FLW Tour event or the FLW Cup? Well, if you're talking odds, you know, I mean, I, I think. I'm not talking odds. I just want to know which one is easier to win. Okay. Which one do you think is easier to win and why? Well, again, I think that's a loaded question, Mr. Jeffries. I, that's why I'm here. Because, <laughs> because here's the deal: if you if you got 672 anglers in one tournament mm-hmm. and you got 57 anglers in in another tournament, it's easier to win the 57 angler tournament. It's just like a lotto ticket. Okay. So let's say that you that you know that there's only five uh, five thousand people in this week's powerball yes okay but last week there was twenty five thousand people in the powerball you're, you're way too logical uh, okay. very logical I... then, then, and that's very that's un, that's uncharacteristic of me to be that <laughs> logical but go, so go ahead please okay so as a result of a four-day tournament or a three-day tournament do you agree and a lot of anglers agree with this statement that it is easier to win the cup 
than it is to win a regular season FLW event? I, I think I'm going to have to just because of odds and the decreased amount of days go with the cup. But let me say this, four-day tournaments, as you know, you've covered this mm-hmm. forever, four-day tournaments are always a grind. It is a test of the best. When yes, you got it the, is. Because that fourth day, how many times historically, Mark, have we seen that fourth day make or break an angle? Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yep. All the time. Constantly. Because uh, what does successful anglers, what is the one thing that most of them possess during the week? They're able to adjust. Yes. Yeah. They're able to make that move on day four of which, all right, I've been doing this for the last two and a half days. Boom. Halfway through day three, they realize that conditions are changing. They make the right adjustments based upon their knowledge, their experience, the body of water they're on, the time of the year. I mean, there's a zillion things that go into it. But to be able to do that on day four is much more difficult to do, in my opinion, and a lot of the anglers' opinions, to be able to do that during a three-day event with a smaller field. So I think it is much easier, in agreement with a number of the anglers, to win the cup than it is a regular season event. I, I, and again, you see that that was my logical <laughs> also opinion. Fish, now, fish forget, management. About, forget about all of the other intangibles about it being the cup and all the money on the line, the prestige, the notoriety, the accolades, everything else that goes along with it. When it really boils down to it, dude, it's three days. Yeah. It's three days. But it, now, now it, what about what about the fact that this is the best of the best from the year? Doesn't I, that make it a little bit that's harder? That's another to win? intangible, but here I'm gonna make this statement, and this is no disrespect to anybody, it's just a fact. When you look at a field size of what do you say, popcorn? What was it? Like fifty seven? <laughs> no, no, no. Regular season event. I, oh, one hundred and sixty thousand is that one eighty seven seventy two. I think Wait, let me is 188. I, I'm just going to use See, 180. It's right there, 670. I'm just going to use 180. Yeah. Let's use 180. All right. Out of those 180 anglers, truly, what percentage of those guys realistically have a shot at winning? This is another argument, too. I, I, in the regular season event? Yeah. Um, Maybe 20%, 25? Is that right? 25 guys, Marcus. <laughs> Maybe 20, 25%. And I'm not taking anything away from the guys. Right. I'm not. All right. That is just historical data will show that roughly about 25% of the field truly has a shot based upon performance at winning. Now, are you always going to have out of 160 guys, one guy that may surpass that 20% threshold? 100% Absolutely. Yeah, you will. But I'm just looking at it from years of historical data that we go back and I don't know why we crunch these numbers, but we do. But looking at it, it's about <laughs> it's tw- fun. 20 to 25% of the field truly has a shot based upon experience and performance. All right. Now, having said that, do you have that same characteristic about the people that are here this week competing? No. It's true. No, you don't. So Popcorn brings up a great point that that uh, intangible factor does exist, but at the same time, I think the equity of only having 47 guys or 57 guys or whatever the number is and only having to do it three days rather than four, that I I agree with a number of the anglers that say it is much easier to win the cup than it is a regular season event. It is, too. And and here's a question that I don't know the answer to. Mark does. How many anglers have won the cup that didn't qualify through the tour? 
Wow. Do you know of any? I don't know. Uh, like all Americans or coming through the coasts. That Bennett kid won a million dollars. Well, did he? But that well, the qualifying was different then. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. But that's a great question. It is. We'll have Matt looked out. If anybody up. knows, yeah. please hit the uh, the chat here. <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say zero. Off the top of my head, that's, I would say I, I zero. I think that's a, gr- a good educated guess. That, the um, only one I could think of is possibly Wheeler. When he didn't come in through the through the All American, did he? Yeah, he won the All American. Was that, was that how he yeah, qualified yeah. for the cup? He, he won. He won the All American. I don't know what year that was. I can't remember. It's funny. We just had him on the show on 11. Thursday. Wait, eleven. Eleven. It was two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Was that the year he won. won the cup? No, he got no. second on the Red River. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So All no right. there. All right. So let's let's continue this. All right, dude. I've got three or four different subjects that I want to talk to you about and get Good. your opinion on. Okay. All right, Matt and I got into another heated discussion about whose resume is better. Not who's a better angler, not who is, you know, has more earnings or anything like that, but whose resume is better, Jordan Lee or Jacob Wheeler? Ooh, okay. <laughs> that is that is definitely majors um, or regular season, yeah. uh, dude. Yeah. Resume. All right, when you when you go out for a job. Patrick, when when you, when you throw out your resume right here and you throw it down and you're looking to, you know, capture a better position or maybe more money or whatever, I mean, your resume is everything. It doesn't matter if you worked at, you know, Baskin Robbins uh, or the corporate office of Merrill Lynch. If something's on there that is going to give you an edge to give you that job you want to include everything yep. that showcases your skills now right? here's here's what i'm thinking here's here's what i'm thinking and that is um that's a catch 44 or six of five half dozen <laughs> of the other question again from you mr jeffries but the deal is i think is that the the fact of the matter is and there there's there's a couple major events as we know in bass fishing Okay. Uh huh. There, there is of course the Forcewood Cup that we are at right now, mm-hmm. and, and probably the fact of the matter is that more people are familiar with the Bassmaster Classic than the than the Forcewood yes. Cup. Yes. And I'm safely saying that. Okay? Yes. Um, Jordan Lee has two Bassmaster Classics under his belt. Yes, he does. And they are back to back. So he has joined the ranks of Ricky Clun, Kevin Van Dam. And Jor- now himself, Jordan Lee. Two valid points, Two, right? Huge. So I huge ask you the question. Highlight of the resume. I ask huge. you the question. What else has he done? Um, that's he's got awesome uh, Carhartt <laughs> wardrobe. His Carhartt wardrobe is outstanding. College. Yeah. Uh, he hey. went, he went, he's got a tw- his dad is Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and his and 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 also I that, thought it was Spike Lee. No, Spike Lee is the is the uh, the cousin in the family they don't talk about. Uh huh. Yeah, but besides that, he's got two. Yeah, that's a big deal. Now yeah. you didn't let me finish. Uh, okay, how, keep going, you see man. How you cut keep me going. off there. Keep going. Like keep that. Going. What do you do? Host a talk show or something? Keep going, man. All right. <laughs> so the, the here's the other. Why, why is a producer? It is refreshing to see you why? get cut off for a change. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, right? Keep going. Yeah. No, I love it when Mark's here. <laughs> the, and the fact that Jacob Wheeler. He does have a zillion credentials under under his under his hat. Is that what we would call it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, on his in, resume, in his back pocket. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, look what he's done on this FLW tour. Yeah. I mean, and then look what he did when he first came over to the Elite Series. Boom, 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 boom. Um, win, win, win. Right. Won the BFL All American. Right. 
but the question is, okay, he's done all that, but what do what do does the industry or the fans look at more? Okay, so what mm-hmm. is better eye candy? Okay, what's better eye candy? Two Bassmaster Classic wins in a row, joining the ranks, mm-hmm. or um, all these wins, uh, the All-American, the FLW Cup, FLW, I think, was he Angler of the Year, too, in FLW? That, Wheeler? I don't know. Wheeler? No. I don't think so. I don't believe no. so, though. No. But, but, uh, but a lot there. But what is the appeal? I think it's the eye candy. <laughs> I think it's the classic. Okay. Here's the, here's I, the tiebreaker. It's like a trophy which one, wife. Which you know one what has I mean? been on straight cast more times? That's going to be the winner. Uh, Jordan Lee has. All right. Yeah. So he's got well, it. Jacob and Jordan are probably tied, actually. It's, it's really close on yeah. times and the money. And yeah. Is that right? Oh, they're really close. Yeah, but it's all-time earnings, and I, ta- I, I said yeah, I was going to bring money into is, it. Yeah, classic is 300 e- a pop, right? Yeah, but even with taking a look at, at Jacob's FLW earnings, it's not even close. No. Not even close no. from an earnings standpoint. It, not. But, again, it's like the eye candy, okay? <laughs> it, it is. It, it's, it, it's it, I mean, come on. Can you? Are you going to disagree with that? I, I'm not going to disagree with that. That uh, uh, What, you ever been to one of those, and I've only been one time, to those Brazilian steakhouses? Yes. Fogo okay. Or, or, dude, where they bring yeah, the They just the keep bringing it until you it, put the red light up. That's yeah, it. green yeah. red. All right, until you tap out. Yeah. Yes. Until you get meat sweats. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're a, a, a dude that, that loves to, to eat red meat or any other meat, I mean, that is paradise. Absolutely. Right? But they Carnivore. Just, but you Love know it. what? What if I cut a deal with you and said, hey, man, you only get to go one time. That's it. That's all you get to go. One time. All right? In my That's life. All. One time. One time. All right? You're going to go. You're going to enjoy that. And you're going to have that forever. That hey man, I got to go to what is it called again? Fogo, Fogo, or uh, what's the Brazil? Fogo de Chao. Yeah, mm-hmm. Texas de Brazil. All right, the, is that one. Too. I mean, when you walk in that place, you better be hungry. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Don't eat for a couple days, and, yeah. and, 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 and don't eat you, the bread. If you really, really love to eat meat, that's like the the holy grail. It's kind of like the classic. The classic is the same thing, but you know what? It's the only time you're going to be able to eat meat. Is that one time? But you visited the Holy Grail. But you ate it better than anyone. Yeah, but you know what the other guy did over here, dude? Dude, he's going to the Black Angus. He's going he's to Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. He's, he's hitting them all. Outback Steakhouse. Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris in Chicago. Yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, it, it, and he is just feasting on everything else. But you only got that one little taste. All right? And then you know what happens? You, you're walking down the street, and you happen to see a certificate to go to Fogo. You lucked out, and you're going to get to go one more time. You see where I'm going? I do, I do see where you're going, but, but I'm he, not but sure he ate about more, this. He ate more than anyone yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, I mean, he got that <laughs> certificate. He's in his early 20s. Hey, but the only time that he got to go back was because he found the lucky certificate on the, on, the, on the street right there and kind of... You know, he worked his way back into it because of something that took place and something that he found. I, and that's a whole other conversation. And I don't know if you're picking up the vibes on what I'm getting at I am. on that. Yes. All right. Dude, when you compare the resumes, and it was great to get feedback from the viewers on this one, it was split about 60 40. In whose 60%, 60% on Wheeler, 40% on Jordan Lee. Now, the great thing about being in the media and having a platform as we do is to have the capability to discuss this and talk about it. It takes nothing away from what both of these guys do. 
They are both tremendous anglers. Absolutely. They, they are at the top, all right, of this industry. But at the same time, man, it creates some uh, really cool conversation. It, 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 it Jordan does. Lee has, has a lot of time to still prove. because He's been at it a little. He's yeah, fresher. Has not but been see, at it as long. I, I'm telling you this, too. People, some people do realize it, but I think the vast majority of people don't realize that dude came out of the womb yeah. throwing yeah. a football jig. He, he did. Uh-huh. He, he did. But, you know? I mean, I, I'm still saying I'm going with, the, not, and again, not undermining. They're both amazing anglers. Yes. Absolutely talented in every aspect. But I'm going with the eye candy. All right. You know, I, I, I guess it's You like, like the big splash, yeah, right? It's like, it's like, it's like um, you, you got to marry the trophy wife, but she's still a bitch at home. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Do you add? She looks good. Looks good in, in public. Okay. Do you add MLF UH, or UMF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the, though the if, MLF. If, if Lee hasn't participated in that, yeah, he hasn't been there yet. In UMF hmm. or MLF? Wheeler, Wheeler's n- nailed that UMF. Yeah. And Joe Thomas is actually his uh, secret father. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one thing about that show, it, it gets DVR'd. I mean, I DVR it. Sure. But it, it's. It, it's kind of jacked up that it comes on at like two thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these weird times on the Outdoor Channel. I'm like, why? Why is this on? No, okay, here I'll just set the DVR. Hey, do you guys realize now? And I'm not going to mention the network that I have, the cable or Dish or Direct or whatever I have. Yeah. Do you realize now that they, the the company that I'm using, their service automatically fast forwards through all the commercials? Really? Really? How, does that, how do the advertisers know that? I don't think so. No. Because that sounds like... Uh, Automatically, I was sitting there watching it, and uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, man, FF. And I said, uh, do you not have the remote? Because it just went right to the next scene. Wow. He's like, no. In fact, my provider, when there's certain things that I'm watching on demand, yeah. does not let you go through the commercials. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, really? Some, yeah. Some, yeah. Like, some like, are protected. Yeah. They, oh, they, the on-demand stuff. The on-demand yeah. stuff, yeah. not DVR'd. Yeah. On this demand. DVR stuff, though, it automatically fast-forward through all the commercials. Wow. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. Don't know. Yeah. And here's the other thing. You guys may not have noticed this because I like digging into these little, I don't know, fascinating, fascinating features of all of this technology that has exploded the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. On the bass side, you know, they advertise that it is on ESPN3 on your uh, or ESPN Plus. Okay. The new feature. Did you know that? The Ocho? <laughs> not not the, Ocho. the Ocho. I did not. <laughs> you know, they did the Ocho thing a couple of days ago, though. That was pretty funny. Uh, they had some, uh, like, totally bizarre events that were taking place. But anyway, I think it's ESPN Plus. They advertise that the live stream not only shows up on the Bassmaster website, but it also shows up on ESPN Plus. I did oh. not know that. No. Yes, and that's actually on that's television news. or the no, internet? no, no. It's on the app. Okay, okay. On the ESPN okay. app. Gotcha. Okay, but when and if you watch it on the ESPN app, it does not show the same commercials that are airing on Bassmaster.com. It is totally controlled by ESPN. Interesting. So none whatever, of them. So, none of them. So, wow. like, if you have, uh, you know sponsor xyz that is paying for the live streaming and people are pushing viewership toward the espn app those sponsors don't get the exposure that they're paying for if they're paying for that exposure on the espn app how how does that happen because espn controls all the content 
Wow. You learned something, didn't you? I, I sure did. And, and uh, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's so that exposure, and here's why they do it. This is, this is why they did it, Patrick, is they are trying to expose the game to people that already might be watching Kentucky basketball or something. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. So now they're scrolling through their screens and they see this fishing thing that shows up. All right, boom, I'll press on that. And it's a, it is a good idea to try and get exposure from people that may not even know what the hell's going Kinda on. Kind of like the MLF on CBS. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we could get into a big discussion about that. Please, let's do. <laughs> so, I mean, here's – but I'm going to give some credit where credit is due because mm-hmm. um, just from people that I know, okay, that don't fish mm-hmm. – they're like, hey, we saw that bass fishing on that, on CBS. Yeah. We saw that bass fish. That's pretty cool how they do that. Absolutely. So, and they have, and, and one of them, being my father, he doesn't fish at all. He doesn't mm-hmm. fish at all. He's like, I kind of like that hackney guy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dad, he's a badass. He, he is. Greg, he's a bad dude. He, that's Greg Hackney, but that's an example of it right there. Yeah, I actually uh, had, had a non fisherman, I, I told him I had fished a tournament over the weekend and he asked me how many penalties i got yeah for hitting the carpet like, yeah <laughs> exactly i was like oh we we don't do that we just fish for five and carpet flop them wow <laughs> no i'm with you pat it, it, it is definitely open up the eyes to to some people uh that had never been exposed to the game i mean think about the guy that's waiting for you know day three of the greensboro open right for golf right and the next thing you know this thing's popping up before he's ready for his uh, golf game, and he checks it out. Uh, You know, there's some things about it. I kind of call this last season the Major League Catching League because that's what it is. I mean, it it is is fish catch, 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 fish catch. It's like when you get The Rock, Schwarzenegger, (laughs) and and Stallone in one movie. It's just all fighting in action. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's pretty impressive the way that they can piece all of that together. Tremendous amount of hours spent in editing because think about all the content. Dude, it's not Fast and Furious like that. So the, the production group that put that thing together have spent days, hours, weeks just trying to put those shows together. The one thing that I wish they would have done on the CBS product, Patrick, and, and let me get your thoughts on this, is in order to grow it, you do have people watching that show that don't even know what a bass is. Mm-hmm. That's true. They have no idea. So kind of the, you eat those the, fish? The setup, <laughs> the setup <laughs> and the progression all right, is really not appealing to somebody that does not know the game. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I hadn't even thought about it because I love it, mm-hmm. but I fish, mm-hmm. you know. So it's eye candy to the guys that know what's going us. on. It, it but is for the people that don't know. Yeah, what what is that lure he's even throwing? Yeah, you know, they, they don't, they don't know what a spinnerbait is, or, or yeah. they, you know, they are they using artificials? Yeah, you catch them on a level wine. I know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of assumption that goes into that show. Now, if that show was airing on the Outdoor Channel as it does. It's eye candy. It's what everybody wants. It's what people want to see. They want to see the star of the show, which is the fish. Absolutely. I think, I think why they're doing this is that the FLW and the Bassmasters at times have gone kind of overboard. Not overboard, but really over-explained the techniques. Yeah. I've they seen dumb it the down. FLW, they dumb it down, and I don't think it's worked that well. 
But and maybe when that's why they're not doing it. But going you know what? The fish catches. You know what, popcorn? When you're spending over a million dollars to have this platform on CBS, uh-huh. and you're doing it for the primary reason that has been stated of trying to attract a new audience. Why not? If you're going you to have some dumb dude, down. if you're sure. going to spend that much sure. money and put it on a national network, mm-hmm. you have I to agree. do that. You have I, to do that. If I you're agree. just going to put just it on the outdoor channel. Keep doing what you're doing because it's a it's a hell of a product. Now I saw another tournament league that that is a, is a, a major league, and I'm not going to name any names right now. <laughs> that that actually said, that, and this is a direct quote. Okay, All right. Today our anglers are in Florida, <laughs> and they are going after largemouth black bass. Largemouth black bass like to live in green vegetation. They have to find a way to get their lures to these bass in this vegetation. Then, once they are hooked, they will use their landing nets to get the fish in the boat in order to try and accomplish the ultimate goal of this $100,000 prize. I saw the same thing. Wow. That was very good. You watched that a lot. I, I that just, is impressive. Yeah, I improved a little, but, <laughs> but, it, uh, <laughs> but no, that happened. But here's my point. They were trying to achieve what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as ridiculous as it seemed to us, avid bass anglers, people yeah. that are bass fishing freaks, mm-hmm. love the sport of bass fishing, it, it seemed ridiculous and dumb yeah. to us. Here's the key word, Patrick. Balance. Yeah. Yes. There needs it's to be and a yanks. balance yeah. there. Mm-hmm. All right? Because you have to appeal. You're spending a tremendous amount of money to try and appeal to an audience that just doesn't know your game. And you know what? I'm watching these obscure things on ESPN, like the the drone racing league, <laughs> and uh, what's the thing that hot dog eating contest? Oh no, no that's, that's epic. Big, that's big. Time. That is big time. Big time. Uh, what Thank is it? You. Cornhole, the cornhole championships. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, I mean, what are some uh, other obscure things that are ring on? toss? Ring toss, darts. There's <laughs> uh, another one. There's the a flippy cup. Yeah. But, but in looking at a lot of those entities, they do a really good job appealing to the person that really isn't familiar mm-hmm. with what the heck's going on with their, with their event. All right. I think what you just demonstrated and what you said is a tad bit of overkill. So you got to have balance. Right. Balance yes. is the key. But I'm telling you, man, and uh, the, the, there's some stuff getting ready to go down, I'd say, within the next – Few months. I, I've heard. As, I haven't as, heard, as, I haven't as heard anything. Is, what are you talking uh, about? As early as September, <laughs> dude. I, I, I'm just telling you, there's some things that are going to happen that are going to. Uh, what, what was that one saying? Shock the world. Who said that? Shock of the monkey. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> no, that's a song. Set oh, the world on sorry. fire. Yeah. That it, as David Dudley. Things. Would say. Things are. Wow, we are going to have so much to talk about, Patrick. Yes. It's, it's, it's going to be so good for us. It's I the dawning wait. of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the biggest thing. With, I think they need more time, and that, that seems like how a long, problem, Maybe too. how long they've been working how on this for a while. Show, no, knows? not that. The shows. I'm saying these shows. <laughs> oh, no. Don't, quit, getting, don't change the subject. Balanced. We got where we needed to be. No, right I know. <laughs> but that, the one-hour yeah. one CBS, yeah. for me, it's not enough time. I need more it's I need a, more. It, it's it's You're jam-packed. missing catches too. It's jam packed what they have to throw in there, and really when it when it comes down to it, I think it boils down to forty eight minutes, is what they're trying to crunch right. in there with right. with advertising. Yeah, you got to get that twelve. So I, they do a tremendous job, the production crew and and everybody that's working on the MLF series to be able to to crunch in forty two minutes or forty eight minutes everything that people see 
on that CBS show. But at the same time, I think it is enormously, enormously critical to give that explanation of what the heck is going on to the guy that's sitting there waiting to watch the golf tournament. Exactly, yeah. because historically there's two. I mean, think of how many times that, like, could fishing on television major or on a network television show be the new thing to take a nap to like golf is quite yeah. often right I, I mean but it, it's still it is getting out there do you know what i mean it, it, the other thing is is it also portrays a perception that it's easy it does you guys agree with that yeah i do you, oh I gosh do. yeah now, and look what's it, happening today out there right, you just now, flip your per- little bug into that bush perfect example and the only reason i bring that up is because if you're trying to expand the interest in this game and somebody sees how easy it is what are they going to do? Okay, they may go out and they may buy $100 worth of tackle. They may buy a new rod and reel. They're probably not going to go out and spend eighty grand on a new boat. Right. Well, the, to the bring Nexus. it back to golf, how many people do that with golf, though? They make it look pretty easy, too. They, they make it look pretty easy. But what happens with those guys that golf? They go out. They go to the range. They may play a couple of rounds. They shoot 115, and they're like, screw this. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't do it. Yeah. But there is a flip side to that. And you know what the flip side is? What's that? Is you have guys that get obsessed with getting better. Yes. They do. Once they you get, get that personality. So, so yeah. if you go out there and you don't have success, I would say that, that 70% of the people, 30% may say, screw this, I'm not going to do it. But 70% of the people are going to spend the money. They're going to put the time in. They're going to put the effort in to go, okay, how can I get better at this? And that's the mission that's, accomplished. That's 100% yeah. of bass fishermen. Yeah. yeah. If you aren't that kind of person, you're not fishing. I mean, do you, you guys obviously know who Kevin Hawk is, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, what did Kevin Hawk do? He won the he FLW won. Cup, yeah. right? Yeah, won a big but what's bus. he doing now? I have he's no idea. Done. Yeah, and I don't know what that be- that other guy's trying to doing get better. Either. The other million dollar winner. He's a nurse in Florida. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Michael Bennett. Bennett, yeah. yeah. But but Kevin Kevin Hawk got to the point where he worked and worked. I don't know if you know the background on him on how many days that he spent leading up to the cup and in everything that he did to prepare for that one event that he won. But he went out, he had success, he fished the Elite Series for a little while. Then he, he was like, you know what, I'm done doing this. He went back. He was a guide on Gunnersville for a long time. And then finally, his next-door neighbor was Justin Lucas. Really? And finally, he, he, he would talk to Lucas every morning, and he called Boyd Duckett and said, hey, man, I'm done. You want any stuff that I have? And he went over and he knocked on Lucas's door and said, hey, man, I'm done. I'm moving back to California. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be a physical therapist. I'm done. So all of his stuff, right, basically went to, you know, guys that were there around Gunnersville that he was friends with. And I guess Lucas got, you know, a a good chunk of it. But, uh, in fact, I just talked to Justin last week about him, and he's doing really well. He's in California. Uh, He's on schedule to be a certified uh, physical therapist within the next 12 months. And he still fishes a little bit. He's got a little bitty aluminum boat that he goes out to a lot of those small lakes in California. Isn't that something? They'll think about it. Yeah, and here's a guy that was at the top of the world. Won a million dollars. You know, Michael Bennett is uh, He's living in Florida. He's a, a nurse, very successful, and just wants nothing to do with it. In fact, we're, we're working on trying to do a 20 feet deep with uh, the, the four anglers. There's four anglers that have earned a million dollars in one season. Do you know who they are? 
Any idea? In one season. Four that have earned a million in one season? Yeah. Um, there was one that came Scott close. Suggs. There's uh, Suggs is one. Um, I'm going to have to go uh, with. The other one's from Oklahoma. Uh, kind of under the radar. A little bit. Oklahoma. OT Fears? No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won the All American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is, is Charlie Ingram? <laughs> no. No. I don't is know who Kevin Van Dam. One of them? No. 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 He got close. That, no. Daryl Robertson. Oh gosh. Robertson. Of course. Right, yeah. What did he win? He's a hammer. He won the millennium. Yeah, millennium. he won the Millennium deal. Yeah, he's a hammer. Dude. Yeah. So we're g- we're gonna try and, and see Who's what the these third guys. One? The fourth one. Uh, Suggs. Let's see. Suggs. Bennett. Robertson. Daryl Robertson. There's one more, and I can't remember. Gosh. That's a good one. One more. Who so, is it? There's four. It's a I think there's four. But still, that, Three I mean, that's for a sure. big deal. Hey, you brought something up that I really have not. We've talked about it on the phone before. and But I really want to want to bring this to the forefront here is um, how much uh, all of us here on Stray Cast enjoy 20 foot deep. Oh. Dude, yes. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. And then with that Bob Hamilton episode. Yeah, I told you. I literally watched it. I am now up to eight times. <laughs> yeah, I'm at six. I, I okay. Un- yeah, that was. Give me an internet high five because you knocked it out yeah. with that one. Yeah, that was. He sure did. That was something that we spent a long time working on, and it was a huge challenge just to find him to begin with, and then the process. And for those people that don't know, Robert Hamilton Jr. won the Bassmaster uh, Classic. Uh, had some issues leading up to uh, the Elite Series, the very first Elite Series season back in 2006. And uh, we kind of documented what he went through in an interview format uh, because the the man uh, put off surgery, then he had surgery, then he got addicted to pain medicine, then when the prescriptions ran out, he got addicted to uh, cocaine, he got addicted to crystal meth, crack, everything else, tried to get his life straightened out, got it straightened out, then went back on the wagon in 2006, and uh, it's just been struggling here's what ever I, here's since. Here's what I found interesting about it. First off, if you have not seen this, it is on thebasszone.com. Yeah. You, you can go see it. it. I highly recommend it. If you, We talk about it on our show all, all the time. It's amazing. Here's the deal. What I want to know from you is, was there a point from you as the interviewer, from mm-hmm. your perspective, was there a point where you felt uncomfortable or you felt that maybe this is not real? No, I, I got freaked out a little bit when he started talking about the whole devil thing. Right, and that's yeah. kind of yeah. what I'm referring to. I should have yeah. been more specific. Yeah, yes. I, I, it kind of bothered me a little bit. I, I was just like, wow, uh, when somebody starts talking about seeing people in jail, yeah, uh, the, and then in the street outside the yeah, class. I, I don't yeah. really want to take away anything from the story because if you haven't seen it, you oh, really yes. need to watch it. <laughs> spoiler but uh, spoiler it, alert! It, it was called. We called the documentary "Dancing with the Devil" because of the experience that Robert Hamilton Jr. said that he went through in actually seeing what he is considering the devil. And uh, one of the most fascinating things about the interview. This was just crazy, and this freaked me out too. Uh, this was not in the in the documentary. Uh, we decided to take a break for lunch, and during the time that we took the break for lunch, Matt and I were going to go meet with the gentleman that had 
the Bassmaster Classic Trophy. Right. Uh, if you didn't know, I don't care for that guy. Too yeah, much. no, <laughs> he got not so much. Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> got to the Robert got to the point where he was broke. He had no money, and he ended up pawning his Bassmaster Classic Trophy. So we worked very hard to find the guy who uh, was given the trophy as a going-away present from a job. Yeah, for retiring. Which, that, yeah. that's a crazy no story. Sense, dude. A crazy story to begin. Anyway, so we decided to take a break. Robert was inside of the house where we were doing the interview right there on the shores of, uh, what was it, Ross Barnett. The Ross. And as we get ready to walk into the house, Matt's right behind me, Matt Pangrak, the guy that filmed it, He's right behind me. We're walking toward the table where Robert and another gentleman named Mike is sitting. He had no idea where we were going. Robert didn't. All right? Had no idea. We just said, hey, we're going to go grab something to eat. We'll be back. Well, all along, we were going to meet with the guy that had the trophy to shoot that portion of the video. As I walk by Robert, he grabs my arm. And I'm not talking about he just touches my arm. Dude. He grabs my arm and gripped it and looked right at me with his sunglasses still on. Here's the other thing. He refused to take his sunglasses off okay. during the whole interview. Really? He looked right at me and he goes, hey, Mark, he goes, he goes, I don't give a damn about that trophy. And turned around and looked away. <laughs> wow. Really? Okay. And he had no idea that that's where we were going. No idea. The only two people that knew were Matt and myself. Mike didn't even know. I just got a little freaked out. Yeah. All right. So that's some of the freaky stuff that that went on that just kind of creeped me out a little bit. What did you say? I just looked at him, and I looked back at Matt, and I I just kept walking. I didn't know what else to do. It freaked me out. How? So he he had no clue. He had no no clue clue that we were going going to do what we were going to do and film the guy. You don't think he knows that guy, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Oh, no. He has no idea. Because Is that it, in town? It, it was in town, but here's the deal. The guy that had the trophy was so concerned that he, we had to meet at a church. Even though he knew who we were and Thought he knew, he he knew about up? Bass Zone, he wanted to make sure that Robert wasn't going to be there after we told him numerous times that Robert wasn't going to be with us. Robert didn't even know where we were going. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Okay, but to walk by him and have him – grab me by the arm and look dead at me and go, that trophy doesn't mean a damn thing to me. That's freakazoid right there. You know, regardless of that, I <laughs> wow. still don't want that guy to have the trophy. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get it that should trophy. should be somewhere. So, hey, but it, Hamilton it, it, don't care about no, it. No, hang on a minute. Let me, let me say this about the guy. And, and, and honestly, I did not put his name in the documentary. And to the, right now, I don't even remember what the guy's name is. Okay. All right. I'm not buying it, but but I I really don't. <laughs> okay. Popcorn. I don't. I I, I I don't know what the dude's name is. Now, obviously, I've got the guy's name written down in my notes and stuff like that, but I do not remember what the guy's name is. Here's the deal. He's a family guy. He's got a great family. He fishes a little bit. He was given that trophy not as a request by him. The yeah. dude that gave it to him was his former employer, of which. Worked at the pawn, pawn shop, shop yeah. of which where the trophy was. Right. It's right. not like he was asking for it. So I guess I get it about the dedication and the work ethic and everything that he went through with the employer that he was working at. I get it that it has a, a different meaning. I mean, it could have been a statue of this water bottle. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? If that's what it was, he's not going to give up this statue of the water bottle. 
It just happens to be the classic trophy. It, All right. Yeah, it, I, I see. Not what you're even saying. for a large I, check. I, I guess. Yeah. Hey, he yes. wouldn't, man. I offered him really? a, a pretty large sum of money for it, and, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Wow. Is that your personal best twenty foot deep? Is that your favorite? You know, yes and no. From from a start to end, absolutely. Because of the work. Went because into of it. the work that went into it, I don't think people realized how difficult it was just to find him and to find the trophy. And to really convince him, because in the beginning, he I don't think he was really keen on doing the documentary. Okay. All right? I really don't. But then he thought about it for, for a week or two, and he got back to me, and he goes, okay, I want to do it. Well, I, in the meantime, I had put all this work and effort into obviously trying to find him and everything that, that went behind the scenes. I was like, oh, dang, man, if we don't get this done, you know, it's going to suck. And I wasted all that time and effort. So when he did make the decision that yes I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it and here's why, then I was fired up. So from a start to finish, absolutely, it, it was so much fun and so rewarding to see it from an idea of I wonder what the heck happened to Robert Hamilton. Yeah. In, so in the timeline, yeah. where how long ago did you complete that project? I know it was released what a couple months ago or is it been yeah that long we already? we wrapped up the editing and everything i think in uh april so when and let me ask you this when did you finish your when was your final contact with hamilton uh well i talked to him the day that we launched it. he actually sent me a text okay. how's he doing he <laughs> i haven't told you guys this no that's why he, I asked. He, mm. he, he's moved he's no longer in the in the room in the single wide trailer has he moved okay. out he he has moved to pensacola florida really wow. And he has a job now. He he is selling yachts. Wow! In Holy Pensacola, cow. Florida, That's he, some good he, commission. He ran into a guy, uh, and and as a result of of, of the exposure yeah. that he's gotten with his documentary, I guess he ran into a more guy. money in that than Triton boats. <laughs> <laughs> a little <laughs> yachts are yachts are expensive. Yes. So uh, he he's seems to be doing doing okay. You That's know, and great. people people have asked me, is he clean? Do you think he's clean? I, I've told people that have asked me that, yes. All right? He was clean during the interview. All right? I don't think he was using. The other thing was is he was, he was uh, there were methods in place to assure he was staying clean. Okay. Methods that, by who? Uh, some of the people that were. So trying to, they were trying to help him out. Okay, he's got sponsors. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. friends in the program. Yeah, there that were, he was there were some. In or whatever. He didn't really have a whole lot of friends. Okay, there was one dude that was helping him out. Okay, because he had burned so many bridges over the years. Right. Uh, he 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 seems to be doing okay, man. And and I, you know, I'll text him every now and then. Hey, man, you doing all right? And dude, I'll get a response back from him. So it, it's good, and and it just shows how real. That this sport is like you brought up Bennett, you, you, Robert Hamilton. Look, look what happens there. It's, it's, uh, and for lack of a better way to put it, it's it's hero to zero overnight. Yeah. In a lot of a lot of instances. Yeah, you know? and, and and I think something that gets lost too, Pat. And I'm not trying to get too philosophical here, but I think I think sometimes we get in this circle of what takes place in the professional bass fishing world mm-hmm. and don't realize that whatever's taking place in that very small circle takes place in every other circle in society 
It, it does. doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you know, when people see guys that go out and they go four events without getting a check, and they're like, hey, man, you suck. You know, why, why the heck are you doing this? You're, you're spending money like crazy. It, it, it takes place in every other aspect of life when it comes to trying to succeed. I mean, these guys, yeah, for the most baseball. part, they're, they're doing it because they love the game, but they want to be successful and they want to make money. And, and me and Matt get into the argument all the time that, that, oh, well, these guys aren't doing it for the money. And I go, B.S., I go, when it really comes down to it? 100% they're doing they're, it dude, for the money. Dude, they are doing it for the money. Absolutely they are. And well, the, it's, I mean, the, the, you have to love it to try to make money at it, though. And it I is think. so difficult. But at the same time, in every aspect from a career perspective, in, in, in the business world, in the medical world, in, in the industrial world, it doesn't matter. Competition is there. And everybody's trying to outdo everybody else. They, they are. It's a one-upping, a constant one-upping. Constantly. Constantly. I mean, I, I battled it for 20-plus years in the corporate world. And, and I think that gets lost sometimes because these guys are so much at the forefront, so much in, in the public eye of the people that are fans of this game that they don't really realize – Oh well, crap! That it's no different than anybody else. It's in how any they other feed their family. Of life. It's how, right. how they feed you their know? family. So l- listen to this. <clears throat> so what do you think? You said it. This is the only way they have to make money. So it's a mm-hmm. struggle. Okay. So we're talking in industry. So their tournament winnings, their sponsor winnings, yeah. every, everything else. Do you think that there's anglers that are actually going through the motions, yet still achieving? success because this is all they have uh that's that's a minority very small all right i I think you you can kind of group everybody into three different categories all right what i call the 10 percenters okay you know what the 10 percenters are yeah yes they wear their 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 jerseys at the cracker barrel no oh sorry (laughs) not those ones not those ones no. All the ones that wear them at the Walmart. No. Yeah. In my classification oh. of the 10 percenters are, you have about 10% of the people out there that are truly making a badass living doing this. Gotcha. All right. And when I say. That's the other uh, 10%. Uh, I did know what you meant. All right. That, that is people that are making <laughs> a six-figure income, very comfortable, you know, have contracts liked in. Uh, just, they are the 10 percenters. Okay. Then you have about. 50% of the guys out there that are getting by okay, that have no financial secured future, but are doing okay, all right, at this moment to where they can survive, they can keep grinding. The, the 50%ers are kind of the grinders, right. is how I classify Sure. I mean, dude, they're out there, they're hustling, they're doing everything they can to get sponsorship. Establishing. They, they are grinding. Yep. Okay. Then you have about 25%. I, I got to do my math here. I think it's twenty. The other twenty five percent. You have about twenty five percent that are just surviving. Mm-hmm. That's all they're There's, doing. And you, th- that sounds low to me. Yeah, I mean, they, number, they, in, in my classification of survival is they they can't do anything else. This is what they have. This is all they have, and they're trying to push through the best that they can, based upon what they have done in the past. Makes sense? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Have you ever re- read the book, the old book, Double Whammy? No. About professional bass fishing? No. Oh, my God. Mark, 
I need to put that on the list. Seriously, uh, Double Whammy is, um, and I'm, I'm probably massacring his name, but it's, um, I think a guy's name is Carl uh, Hyacin. He's the okay. same. He's the same one that he's a, a author from Florida. He's the same one that wrote that movie and the book Striptease. Okay, Do you remember with yeah. Demi Moore and yep, Burt yep, Reynolds, yep, yep. and a, mm-hmm. and it is about professional bass fishing. It's about a um, a, uh, a a cheater in professional bass fishing steals some money from his church. He he builds a giant <laughs> he builds a giant um, <laughs> condominium complex and stocks it with ten pound bass and yeah. gets and gets all these fishermen to move into the complex, but all the fish in the complex die. It's it's an amazing read. There's okay, some, can you get it on Amazon? I I don't know actually. It's been so long. You need to let me know on that. I, You've got we'll, it. Right? We'll, we'll I have it somewhere in paperback. But I, okay. yeah, yeah, I'd love to read it, dude. I am telling you, it is gonna is gonna it is so <laughs> the direct correlation between what is going <laughs> going on and not that everybody's cheating, but yeah. the direct correlation of the stir up in the bass fishing world right now. Okay, double whammy is the deal. Hey, James, do you see that anywhere? Double whammy, where that is, it's uh, and I think it's Carl Hyacinth. I mean, you got to do it. I'm, I'm telling you, you're gonna do a whole damn show on him, Mark. It's right there. Is that Ray okay. Scott? No, it's Panger. <laughs> Cousin Matt? Cousin Matt. Yeah, Cousin Matt's here. Where is he at? He's on his way. Oh, good. He's on his way. He should be here any minute. Nice. All right. So if I did my math right, I, I want to see that book. See if you can dig that up because I'm definitely yeah, interested. Yeah, Ginger's looking at it right here. It's the it's Carl Hyacin, right? Carl Hyacin. Yeah, it's on Amazon right here. Double whammy. Send me that link. Okay. It, it is amazing. What, it's only four bucks? That's, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> What a bargain. Anyway, so I got so I have fifteen percent left. Yes, it's free. And and, and <laughs> the, based upon historical data, all right, because I like to have that foundation of yes. the historical. There's fifteen percent of people out there that have no business being out there. None. Both tours. Both tours. All three tours. I mean. No, I'm not going to say that about the third one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because they, they ain't. None of those guys, Mark. You've been a lot. Should be out there. You've been around. All of this. them should be out there. Y- yeah, <laughs> you've been around this game a long time, um, and this is, as you said, a time of change. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the it, it, and again, it might an accurate term might be the dawning of the new age of bass fishing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I see a bunch of hippies from that musical Hair dancing around. Oh yeah, right now. But I, I mean, is is this for the better? In your prediction? Yes. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. We need this change. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And obviously, we're being very vague, yes. and we're being very vague for a reason. Uh, but you look at, you look at things in, in history, and some people don't like to go back and, and compare things that have taken place from a historical aspect. But when you go back and you look at the history of this game, what probably, and let me get your thought, what probably was the most the most impactful thing that took place with professional fishing over the last 30 years? Wow. And, and I'm going to get to the point that I'm trying to make once you answer that. I'm, I find that a very difficult question to answer. The, the most historical thing that is... Impactful. Ta- impactful thing that has taken place... Um, Gosh, and it could go a couple of different ways. To, to me, you say in the last twenty years, last thirty years, the last the last thirty years. Uh, I, 
Well, the, the first thing in this is probably not accurate, but to me that's been the most impactful is, is live broadcasting. That's been, I think it's been impactful in, in all aspects. Without think, a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. And, and that's kind of a little asterisk by the point that I'm going to try and make because I really thought you'd come up with the other one. Major yeah. League Fishing. Huh? Major League Fishing is the most impactful to me. I, I disagree with that. Let's keep going. So the most impactful thing yeah. in the in I guess I it, mean think back it, and and it happened a number of years ago and I'm going to give you a hint it, the right. qualifying it, factor it changed it changed the way that the entire branding of a professional angler oh wrapped, was put forth wrapped boats and shirts and what happened all, during all that what what event took place what event 2008 no, it was 2006. 2006. What happened in 2006? The dawn of the Elite Series. Elite That's series. it. All right, you think about how professional fishing was prior to 2006. You remember what it consisted of? It consisted yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the BP Top 100s. Yep. Then it went BP Top mm-hmm. 150s. Everybody rushed home on Sunday evenings. Why? Because they wanted to watch the TNN outdoor block that took place yeah. on the Nashville mm-hmm. Network. Sure. But the way that professional anglers could position themselves as a viable profession truly changed in 2006. That was the platform? That was it. Right? That it, makes you, sense. You had a handful of guys. And, and, and what's funny is Robert actually said this in the documentary. I don't know if you remember or not. He said you had a handful of guys, mainly TV guys, that were making a living right. – and getting mm-hmm. the majority of the sponsorship money. And he's dead on. Yeah, exactly. And who George talked Co- about that George last Cochran night? George Cochran that. told us yeah. that last night. Dead on. Yeah. All right? So what happened in 2006? Finally, there was a platform that was created by the formation of the Elite Series mm-hmm. to actually give the professional angling community an opportunity to build their brand, to build their brand yeah. and actually generate revenue to truly become a professional angler. Because most of the time and most of the successful guys back prior to that, they all had other jobs. That's true. All right? They were all guides. They were business owners. Lots of guys. They, I mean, they, the Hemfield gang. Yeah. I mean, think about the, those the guys. The Hemfield, Texas yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, they, Tommy, they, Larry. Uh, the, the legend, Harold Allen. Harold Allen, yes. I, I, I mean, those guys dominated in, in the 70s and 80s, but they were all guides. You know, a few of them had, had businesses and stuff, but uh, that was the formation. And um, the majority of the sponsorship money was going to television people. 100%. All right, now you have the creation of the Elite Series, and suddenly it is a viable task to try and become a professional angler. You know, and, and then you look at the FLW side, and on the FLW side, what happened? As far as a change? Yeah. Well, I think it's when they went into the uh, to the big the, the big money deals with the Millennium Derby and the and the million dollar winners. And the whole positioning of a Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Yep. Okay, and then you actually had these guys getting these sponsorships. Wheaties that boxes. That was, was totally in war. It was in correlation with Walmart. Mm-hmm. All right, the driving force behind that whole thing. I don't know if you guys can remember. I mean, he's so young. I'm an old guy, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, back in the '90s. In some of the years in the 90s, these guys were bankrolling money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was insane how much money was flowing out 
at the end, uh, the end of the '90s and, and into the early days of the Elite Series, and those early days when uh, Clark Wendland was showing up on a uh, Kellogg's box. Sure. And you had you Danny, know, Danny, Danny, and, and, and Kevin. Yeah. It, it was a great, great time to be involved with that. Okay. So having said that, over the past twelve years, what's changed? It's a stumper. What's changed over twelve years? Yeah. What's well, changed from a professional fishing perspective? Well, I'll tell you right now that what's changed is you said it already. Popcorn, major league fishing, major league fishing, and the spread of money. That's the, That's what has changed. Okay. So now, where's the next step going to? Do you major see what fishing. I? Do you see what I'm talking about? I like about how here? you weaved there. I like yeah, it. Yeah. You, you see what you see? What's happening there? But when yeah. you look, and, and, and no matter what happens, I, I, I'll say this, and I'll go on the record saying this, no matter what happens, whatever might be out there and whatever might be taking place, who knows, we don't know, whatever might happen, in my opinion, I think FLW is going to be in great shape. I really do. I, I hear you. All right, because well, they've got the grassroots kind of, I, I, kind of they, thing going. They have been superior it establishing what their mission statement and mission strategy is. And when it really comes down to it, they do a great, great job at taking care of their commodity. Absolutely. What is their, they what do. Is their commodity? The anglers. The anglers, yep. And I'm talking from the red man level all the way up to what we're doing here today. I agree. There's no vagueness there whatsoever. And, 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 mm-hmm. and just all aspects of their game makes it successful. It just does. From a revenue standpoint, from a uh, an angling standpoint, so uh, whatever goes on, I, I think that it's for the better. FLW is rock solid. They're going to be safe. Okay, now yeah. let me say this. Right, you look at the other organization. Yeah, what has changed in the last twelve years? Bassmaster Live. That's it. That's it. But I mean, from from a an angler standpoint, well, the the Wintertime classic, moving everything to the south yeah. to show giant fish, which I don't, I don't doesn't matter. <laughs> I'd like to see some up north. But but it, it, in the grand scheme of things, what are they still doing? Let's see here. Okay, they're, they're having three days of practice. Mm-hmm. Then they have day one, then they have day two, day three, and day four. They go out, they catch fish, they weigh them in. Everybody goes home on Sunday. It's the same deal. Nothing new there. They got rid of co-anglers. They were the first ones to do that. Yeah. So why do you why do you think that? What's your reasoning behind? That do they have method? a farm system? Not well, really. No. Well, I mean, they have the they have Bass Nation, but they cut the spots for the they cut but half the, the spots that, for the that classic. whole correlation that goes with you that see, entity is really it's very hodgepodge-ish. You know, it's yeah. all over the place. It's constantly changing. I mean, I it's don't know. It's Bass what, Nation and the Opens. Yeah. I, I, and there's well, a big difference. What, what goes on in your nation mm-hmm. may be 180 degrees difference in what goes on in the Oklahoma nation. Oh, absolutely. Right. Just from Wisconsin I, to Illinois, it's 100% like, different. And, and I never really understood that. So do you think if a new league does happen, if and when a new league happens, you're stating that you think that FLW um, is rock solid. I do. So you're in, in essence, you're kind of nudging at the fact that you think that they'll pull a majority of anglers from. I, I don't think it really matters. Okay. Honestly, 
because I think the 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 business plan and and the strategy that FLW has is so solid, and and there's so much brand loyalty to it because of everything that's been built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I, Good foundation. Oh, it, it's so solid. So I I think. Uh, I think when you have a, a number from a membership number and that number has remained stagnant for so many years, that should be a concern. Sure. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah, I do. And, and, and I think that the, the, the tragedy that, that may occur actually it occurred a long time ago. Because, I mean, I was part of the – back then, I'm going to date myself here, part of the Federation instead mm-hmm. of the nation. Yeah. Right. That's not that long ago. Dude, that thing was, was just, it, it, it could have been so good in building up what I call the tier foundation. Sure. Look what it did for Kershaw. And, I mean, and it, you go, from, you go yeah. from the nation Palinic. to to the Opens yeah. to the Elite Series. Yep. And, and, and I don't know what happened. I mean, maybe you guys can tell me but i, I saw it happen it, but dude i, I don't know, know what happened to the whole weekend series that they tried they right? crushed it just yeah. gone it was good and was and, good and here's Wisconsin, the, at least i i think what happened was is in in large areas of the country they were so brand loyal to the to the red mans and the in the in the bfls that they were like man this is this is too good over here and then you had all this fragmentation taking place to where that that kind of line to to work your way up in that tier qualification just yeah. kind of got obliterated all right now you throw in the other factor all right which is the high school and college which mm-hmm. continues to grow continues to grow continues to grow sure but in in my involvement in in being around a lot of these college guys it's just a handful of guys that truly this is what they want to do yeah. When it really comes down to it, most of them are doing it because they love to fish. It's an activity during their college years. They continue to fish, all right, but they have no aspirations to take it to the next level. So if there, if there is another league that comes about, okay, and there mm-hmm. still is, so let's say that there's three leagues coexisting. And we have no idea. We, We're just, we don't even know. It's just speculation. Yeah, exactly. We're, it's all... Yeah, it might around, not even happen. It's around the Roseberry Bush or Mulberry Bush, whatever you call it right now. But here's the deal. So say that th- there are now three leagues, three major leagues mm-hmm. in professional bass fishing. All right. Does that open the door for more aspiring anglers to achieve success? Or does it make it harder? I. That depends on what they do for the qualifications, yeah, right? Yeah, he's dead on. Well, I, well I, I'm asking you. I, what do you, I mean, well, I'm asking your your. Yeah. I, I have always been a believer, and and you guys have listened to the show, dude. I am so so committed to this that if you truly want to be involved in this game, I don't care if you're fishing uh, ABC, EFG, FLW, <laughs> XYZ. It doesn't matter. All right, what you have to have is you have to have a plan and a foundation to become successful. You, and the only logical way to do that is to structure your game and your league very similar to what other professional individual sports do. Sure. You earn your way to participate and to get to that level. And if you can't accomplish it at a lower level, 
you are saving an enormous amount of time, money, and effort. Because if you can't showcase and you can't perform at that lower level, then there ain't no use of going up. You just can't. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Dude, I'm telling you, fishing three or four events and going, yeah, here, here's $80,000, let's get after it, is not an indication that you possess the ability to go out and, and, and be successful at yeah. nine different venues across the country. And that's what it, it, that's what I was kind of you know shaking my head about with, with the Opens last year, what they've gone to with the Opens now, is they're making it more about travel. It's like, who can travel? Yeah. That's a lot of miles. And then have three good tournaments. Yeah, you know how many... And then you're in the Elite Series. <laughs> you know how many miles on the Elite Series in 2019 these guys are going to have to travel? Oh, 27. Insane it's 22,000 miles. 22,000. All right, and that that's not even, hey, I'm going to go over here after this tournament. Well, based, on where, based on where you live. Right. I mean. On average, we, we calculated, kind of, you know, because everybody's like in the Tennessee, Alabama, yeah. Arkansas, right. Missouri kind of... Yeah, 22,000 miles, dude. So how far is Palina going to drive? <laughs> oh, my God. What about Bobby Lane? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the way in Florida. I mean, yeah, I mean, for think sure. about that. You wrap things up. You wrap things up at the Columbia River. And then where you got to go to get home Yeah, if you're Bobby Lane. <laughs> dude, nice. I told him, I said, you know what you need to do? You need to put your truck and boat on one of those covered freight cars on a BSX train yeah. and just have yeah. a train Boom. back to Florida. Gone. Yep. Yep, I'd be paying people to drive it back, or just have uh, Boyd Duckett's helicopter hover it from location to location. Sure, yeah, we could do that. Hey, let's have some fun. You want to play some games, Mark? I like games. Yeah, let's. You you know, since this is the first time you've actually been with us live Uh here. We're gonna have play. I been, have I talked too much, man? No, no dude, no. I love it. You make it so much easier for me. Uh, yes. Yeah, the, the, it's a, it's absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. I love it. You're, I have fun. You're the Godfather. Uh-huh. You, you, I don't know about you, that. You know what I'm saying? So we play a game show on uh, on Straycast, and it's called Bass and Life. Okay, Bass and Life. So okay, I, I'm gonna give you uh, some words. My life's pretty boring. But. No, no, no. You, you're, <laughs> this will make it interesting. This could be anyone's life. Pick okay, a, pick a fictional <laughs> character if you don't want to play yourself. Okay, you could play yourself on TV, but not in real life. Okay, if that makes any sense. So we're gonna play a game called Bass and Life. I'm gonna give you a word or a phrase, and you tell me how it relates to bass fishing as well as life. Are okay, you, are you ready, Jinch? I'm ready. Let's play a little bit. Oh, we got music of bass. And life. Yep, I'm your host, Pat Renwick, joined by Ryan Popcorn Whitaker and the one and only godfather of bass fishing talk shows, Mark Jeffrey. For the first time ever, Jeffrey's is going to play bass and life. I'm kind of nervous. Here you go. <laughs> the first word or term to you, Mark Jeffrey's, is the gaff. The gaff. Related to bass fishing and life. The gaff. Wow. Uh... To my life or anything in life in general? Life in general and bass fishing. Okay. Life in from general a, From a bass life fishing. standpoint, the, probably one of the biggest gaffes I ever did was when I was a senior in high school. I had the uh, idea that we weren't going to have the senior assembly where all the seniors were going to have to stand up and talk about what high school meant to them. And wow. I made the decision I wasn't going to do that. So we went and we rounded up <laughs> ten stray dogs <laughs> And stacked up every single folding chair in the auditorium in one pile and left the dogs in there the entire night. And it was a big gaffe because the next day they threatened not to graduate the entire class. <laughs> Mark Everybody was the hooligan. On me, man. That's, were... Mark, that's Mark the hooligan. Okay, that's Rounding the, that, that's the big gaffe. So, so fishing-wise, yeah. uh, man, I, 
I remember when I was a kid, we used to go ocean fishing all the time. And sure. I always think of the gaff, you know, hey, there's a bonita, and you're, you're reeling up the yeah, bonita. Yeah, you, you got to get gaff, in there. Gaff so, the cuda. Yeah, I was terrible at the gaff. To me, it's an oversized flipping hook. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's what the gaff is. Okay. Six all right. Right. Let, let's keep going here. Moon phase, related to bass fishing and life. Moon phase. Uh, obviously, fishing, it's the spawn. I mean, everybody thinks you have a zillion spawning experts out there that catching fish on the beds is okay. totally related to whatever the moon phase spawn is. Or feeding, spawn or feeding. Yeah. Okay. Moon phase. Related, related uh, to life. What does it do to you, Mark Jeffries? Probably the first night I ever spend the night on the beach. Moon phase? Yeah. Were there psychedelics was, involved? No, no, no. We were actually grunion hunting. <laughs> Grun- oh, yeah. yeah. You know what that is? Yeah, those little things that come out of the sand. Yeah. That was the first time I lived in Long Beach, and uh, we, we went grunion hunting. All right. Hey. And saw the moon come up. Related to bass fishing and life, the word is split tail. Split tail. Huh. Uh, fishing, probably the first time. I used a uh, trailer on a spinner. The old-fashioned split-tail yeah. trailer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Came on the Hank Parker Classic. Yeah, there was a yes, sir. There was a, a, a farm pond that one of the guys that I played baseball with in college, his uncle owned, and it had this weird grass in it in Oklahoma. I have no idea what it was, but we would throw spinner baits with those split-tails sure. on there and, and, and catch fish. Absolutely. Uh, life, man. Split tail. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Uh, man, I, I I do not want to incriminate myself with that one. So please uh, do. <laughs> you have to answer. Come on. Uh, I don't know. On I, the internet. I, I was uh, I was a young executive right out of college, working in of all towns, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Wow. All right, I, I truly was a, an Okie from Muskogee, Muskogee yeah. and uh, didn't know a whole lot of people, but I had uh, a friend of mine that was that I went to college with and, and played baseball with again. He came and, and spent the, the weekend, and, and we went to Tulsa for a, a, a big thing, and it ended up, he ended up hooking up with this girl that I actually used to date, and it pissed me off. So wow. I guess you were splitting... Splitting tails. Tails. Okay, there it is. Wow. That'll <laughs> <laughs> work. Uh, that happens right, right. there. So yeah. uh, the next thing, in bass fishing and in life, overkill. Overkill. Oh, that's an easy one in life. I remember the first time I ever saw the band Overkill. <laughs> it was at the uh, it was uh, it was at the Elks overkill. Lodge Hall in Huntington Beach. It was Overkill, DOA, oh, the Adolescents, and who was the other? Uh, Saccharin Trust. Nice. You're blowing my mind. Wow, though, right? yes. All right. So, yeah, Overkill. The first time I saw Overkill. In fact, I was going to – this is so crazy. I was going. I was cleaning a bunch of stuff up uh, a couple weeks ago, and I found some old posters because that was a big deal back then in the, in the early 80s and late 70s was to, to get these posters and put them on telephone poles. For the next gigs that were taking place sure. at the Whiskey and the, and the Elks Lodge, and uh, I got paid to do that for a few years. Yeah, so uh, overkill life uh, fishing, uh, man. I think I think there's a lot of overkill sometimes on the success of certain baits. It cracks me up how people think. Oh, you know, I can go out and I can catch twenty pounds on this every single time I go out. Every time I, it's a bait. I, if I heard, if I got a buck every time somebody said every time. 
<laughs> it works a hundred percent. It works sixty percent of the time every time. Yeah, you know it, what I'm saying. It, it, there's a lot of overkill in bass fishing. The last one, Mark Jeffries, psychosomatic. Hang on, I want to go back to the other one. Okay, I want to change my answer. Wait, to which one? Yeah, uh, overkill okay. in fishing. You know what overkill in fishing is? Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to offend anybody that might be Mark, out there right there. Mark, this <laughs> is your conscience awful. speaking, Mark. Jerseys. Yeah. You did not say jerseys, Mark. <laughs> you did not. You did not say too many. You did not say too many stickers on your pickup truck, Mark. No, I'm sorry. You didn't. Say I, that. I really didn't want to offend anybody with that. Yeah. Oh, I Am I right on that one? Though? Yeah. Well, here's you being politically correct. All I think of a you sudden. just won the game with you that answer. Won. That's the first time Mark Jeffries ever got bashful. In his uh, life. Yeah, okay. In, in his life. So, hey, let, hey I, I got two more. You want two more? I'll do two more. Okay. Let's go. All right, two more. What do you got? Psychosomatic. Uh, probably a dude named Mike Vickery in life. <laughs> All right? His name was Mike Vickery. I saw him do something that was absolutely psychotic, although it may not have been psychosomatic. But let's just say it was fourth and twenty. At this bar called uh, O'Connell's, it was during OU Kansas, right? Big football game, and we had the fraternity from Kansas come down with us. And Vickery, dude, he he was he was freaking ripped, like and, Tommy Martin. And uh, somebody pissed him off at a bar, and you know the whole thing, especially when the the college testosterone Been is there. flowing, Heineken muscles. Yeah, so this dude popped off to him and. And Vickery popped off to him back, and the guy popped off again. And then for some reason, the dude reached down to tie his shoe. And you know what Vickery did when the dude That's reached down? That's when he clocked him? It was fourth and 20, oh. and he punted. He gave him the old Charlie Brown. And then he looks at me, and he goes, we got to get the heck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like standing there looking at this guy. His blood was just butt. It was gushing out of this guy's mouth and nose. Cheap up. shot. Oh, the, my the, gosh. The cheap shot. So what is it in bass fishing? <laughs> What's psychosomatic in bass I, fishing? I, I, I don't Catching 100 pounds of smallmouth, if that ever happens. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's psychosomatic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one, last one. Last one. Knuckle slider. Life uh, in bass fishing. I, I life I have no idea. There was a dude that I faced in college in baseball and he had a knuckle curve. Not a knuckle slider. I mean a curveball is kinda like a slider, but he was nasty. I struck out four times against him. Uh <laughs> I think R. A. Dickey has a knuckle slider. Really? He? Knuckle curve was was something that this one dude had. It was nasty. Uh, fishing? What's the knuckle slider in fishing? Knuckle slider. Yeah. Uh Wow. Is that a new swim bait coming out? No, it's actually the new <laughs> bass fishing league that is rumored to be taking place. <laughs> the knuckle, knuckle slider. slider right I there. Can't wait you know to what see the, the logo <laughs> on that one. You know what the knuckle slider is? Is, is, uh, is this? Uh, yeah. Be careful now. Yeah, Be sorry. careful. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> Mark, thank Woo. you so much, dude. No, man, thanks. I hey, mean, you guys do a great job. We, and, and, and like I said, any, anything that, that I can do, uh, to help you guys, hey, you, you, you just call me anytime, and uh, you got a great thing going here. Uh, you keep it real, and just remember, remember this one thing, Patrick. Every guy that you interview on this show, remember, all they do 
is catch fish. That's right. <laughs> They're just like us. Just keep it real, man. All right. Dude. All right. Mark Jeffries, ladies all and right. gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you so him. much. Hey, all right. uh, keep it locked here out there in Internet Bass Fishing Galaxy Land. We will be back with more action from the Expo Center at the 2018 Forestwood Cup. Put the power poles down. Don't go nowhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!